first reading this morning is Psalm 23. If you'd like to follow it, it's on page 555 of the Church Bible beside you. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the Gospel. If you'd like to follow it in the Church Bible, it can be found on page 971. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 11. Glory to you, O Lord. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, now how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven good give, give, good give gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, good morning. A very warm uh, hello from me. If you are new, my name is Jit. I'm the Associate Vicar here. It's my great privilege to be speaking very briefly this morning on our readings. And can I invite you to turn back to Psalm 23? If you didn't open your Bibles, it was on page 555. Please do find a Bible. It would be really helpful as we dig into it. 555, a well-known psalm that many of us will know, probably some of us have memorised, and so you might not need to find it, actually. We're going to be looking at it in just a moment. Before we do, let me pray for us all. Holy Father, loving and true, we thank you for your word. We pray that by the power of your spirit, we might hear your voice, we might be conformed to your will, and that your son Jesus might be glorified. In your name we ask this. Amen. Well... We're carrying on a series today looking at the topic, the theme of prayer. And uh, John Gray spoke very movingly last week about prayers of lament, those prayers when things are tough, and the honest prayers that we can pray to God 
in those seasons. And today we're looking at prayers of petition, asking God for things. Probably the most common view of prayer. And we might have thought, well, this is a bit of a strange thing to do. The gospel reading, of course, sounds very much like petition. Ask and you'll find, seek. Sorry, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be opened. Very much about petition. But is Psalm 23 about asking God? It seems like more statement of confidence in God. David doesn't seem to be asking of God here. But I want to suggest that understanding Psalm 23 shows things that we can ask of God with great assurance and faith and certainty. The reason David was able to say these words is because he had discovered them to be true in his own lifetime. And as he had discovered them to be true, this meant that he has confidence that he can run to God for these things time and time again. David, the shepherd boy who is anointed king, who over many years travailed and ran and persevered under persecution, eventually became king. And during that period, wrote these wonderful psalms. And this is something he had found to be true. Truths that he could ask God. Petitions that he was sure he would receive. And I just want to dig into the first three verses and suggest this morning two things that we can assuredly ask God for in our prayer lives. And the first one is this. We can ask him for rest. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. David here using the shepherd imagery of a well-known fact that the first thing that a shepherd would do in the morning after feeding and watering his sheep would be to lead them to a place of rest, perhaps sometimes for three or four hours, resting them so they were ready for a longer journey later in the day. And it was vital in that imagery for the sheep to do this. Otherwise, they'd tire themselves out too early in the day and wouldn't be strong enough to persevere throughout it. And as part of the shepherd's role, the shepherd found the best places, the green pastures, for the sheep to find their rest. And David says that this is God's promise to us. That he will lead us to green pastures and cause us to receive his rest. It's very interesting that over the last couple of weeks, I've had a number of conversations with members of the congregations here and the conversations have gone along the same kind of line. I'm just really tired. I'm so glad it's August. I'm so glad that things are slowing down because I'm so tired. Whenever I seem to go to uh, church leader network events or conferences, one of the primary things that uh, church leaders tend to say is that I'm just really tired. I'm too busy. I'm worn out. And I need some rest. This is why the Church of England, in its infinite wisdom, has given sabbaticals to vicars. To give rest, actually. To give rest, as Michael will be receiving, and we're praying green pastures for you. And the promise here is that God will give rest. Now, it's very important to realise that sometimes this might not be physical rest. Because actually that's not the most important type of rest that we need Psychologists have often noted that we can be very physically active and still be quite rested 
where sometimes we can be doing absolutely nothing and be absolutely worn out at the same time. The issue of rest is actually a deeper issue to do with the heart and the mind. Oswald Sanders in the book, The Problem of Christian Discipleship, says this. Work, even hard work, when the mind is at rest, is healthy giving. It produces fatigue, but no tension. The fundamental cause of strain is to be found in the mind and not in the body. Well, God, our good shepherd, knew that way before any psychologists, that actually the deepest need for rest comes from the mind and the heart. Jesus, the good shepherd, in Matthew 11 says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In that context, Jesus was speaking about the heavy burden of the law, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law impressing upon the people of God the stringent requirements to earn their way before God, to prove themselves, to be justified by what they did. And yet Jesus comes, the good shepherd of our souls, says, no, all you need to do is come to me and I will give you rest. All that will be taken off you. My yoke is the easy yoke because I accept you as you are. You don't need to prove yourself. I'm going to do what's necessary for you to be right in God's sight. And you just come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. And this is, let me suggest, our deepest need for rest. The lifting off of that burden of proving ourselves. Of attaining the goal of getting 10 out of 10. Of impressing God and impressing others. And Jesus says to us, come to me, ask of me, and I will give you rest. Because you'll find you won't need any of that but I accept you just as you are you don't need to pour into that bottomless pit your energies and your your frustrations at not quite hitting the mark instead you'll find that I've done that instead and in me you can find rest well that was the first thing that from this psalm we can ask God for and assuredly receive and that is rest from him the deepest rest The second thing I want to draw out very briefly is that from this psalm, we know that we can ask God for refreshment. The end of verse 2, it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Again, in the context of the day and this imagery, when sheep needed watering, while the shepherd would lead them beside a slow-moving stream, not a fast-moving stream, otherwise they wouldn't be able to drink from it, but a slow-moving stream so that they could drink to their heart's content and satiate their thirst. And in the uh, Mediterranean and Middle Eastern climates where shepherds used to do this, the sheep would always be kept very close to a source of water because the sheep would become rapidly dehydrated And they'd need to do this a number of times each day. And the shepherd knew that the sheep, though they perhaps didn't realise they needed it, really did, and kept them well watered so that they were continually 
refreshed. And David uses this picture to speak of God and the refreshment that he can give to us. Again, the Lord Jesus, the fulfillment of this, speaks in John chapter 7, at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, he says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this, he meant the Spirit, John adds, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Ultimately, we know Jesus at the cross cried out, I thirst, so that we'd never have to. That we can know this deep, satiating refreshment that comes from his presence. Our deepest need for refreshment. In the book, The Silver Chair by C.S. Lewis, the story is told of Jill and Eustace, who are sent back into Narnia to find out what's happened to a mislaid or lost prince. And in the story, due to poor judgment, Jill finds herself alone. And she finds herself getting very, very thirsty. She walks, searching for water, and then she finds a stream. But before she drinks from the stream, she stops dead in her tracks. And Lewis writes, why? Although the sight of water made her feel ten times thirstier than before, she didn't rush forward and drink. She stood as still as if she had been turned into stone, with her mouth wide open. And she had very good reason. Just on this side of the stream lay the lion. She couldn't have moved even if she had tried. She couldn't take her eyes off it. How long this lasted, she could not be sure. It seemed like hours. The thirst became so bad that she almost felt she would not mind being eaten by the lion. If only she could be sure of getting this mouthful of water first. If you are thirsty, you may drink. For a second, she stared here and there, wondering who had spoken. Then the voice said again, If you are thirsty, come and drink. Are you not thirsty, said the lion. I'm dying of thirst, said Jill. Then drink, said the lion. May I, could I, would you mind going away while I do, said Jill. The lion answered this only by a look and a very low growl. Will you promise not to, not to do anything to me if I do come, said Jill. I make no promise, said the lion. Oh dear, said Jill, coming another step nearer. I suppose I must go and look for another stream then. There is no other stream, said the lion. Our deepest need is for the refreshing presence of God, the one who we were made for. There is no other stream. There is no other place to go. It might be scary. It may feel that you're going to be consumed if you come near to him. But he says, come. Come and drink. Are you not thirsty? Why do you go here, there, and everywhere? Come and drink deeply of the Lord's presence, his promise of a loving, lasting relationship with you that satisfies the deepest desires. 
Well, those are two things from this psalm we can ask God for. Rest and refreshment this morning. And these are two things that were found only in him. That only in Jesus is there true rest. Only in Jesus is there real refreshment. And I hope you've noticed that David in this psalm makes it very personal. He doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd, or the Lord is a shepherd, or even the Lord is the shepherd of Israel. He says the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. You've made this personal. God invites us to make this personal as well, to ask him for these things. Amen.